Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Conversations are always ongoing with him. Uh, We're trying to be, you know, uh, solutions-oriented, uh, always trying to put the roster together within our constraints, and we'll continue those conversations. If you knew for sure that he would be on the roster, would you have committed, would you committed to Alexander Madison? You know, I, I think that's, yeah, I think in theory they, that they could exist, in, of course, uh, you know, different style of backs. Uh, we try and, again, we talk about the systems we're trying to play uh, together. They're different style of backs. They, they could fit complementary together, for sure. Vikings GM Kwesi Adofamensa last week, pre-draft press conference, both he and Coach Kevin O'Connell. The question of Dalvin Cook's unresolved status with the team. I think a lot of people assume that when the new league year came and went, when the $2 million in salary that was guaranteed for injury became fully guaranteed on March 17th, that that just ends the issue. They're going to have Dalvin Cook at $10.4 million this year, and it doesn't end the issue. First of all, they weren't going to cut him before March 17 because my understanding is he couldn't have passed a physical. He's got that shoulder injury, that chronic problem. His agent was on a podcast recently saying this guy's been playing with one shoulder for the past two years. And it's only $2 million. If they would cut him, there's an offset obligation. He's presumably going to make $2 million somewhere else, and the Vikings dramatically reduce, if not completely wipe out, that $2 million obligation. It's the other 8.4 that's the issue. How many running backs are worth eight figures right now in the NFL? They signed Madison for two years, seven million total. And even though Madison probably isn't ready to take over as the number one guy, in the past when Cook has been injured, Madison's been good enough. Yeah. He's had some hundred yard games. Sure. He's been good enough. Dollar for dollar, he's good enough. And this Dalvin Cook situation, Chris, just continues to hover. I just assume it goes through the draft. We'll see if the Vikings, who have limited picks going in, they may have more on the way back out based upon trades they do. Will the Vikings draft the running back that they developed to pair with Alexander Madison? Will another team that hopes to address the running back position just fail to address it the way they'd like to as a result of basic numbers and work out a deal to trade for Cook? But the bottom line is this. He ain't getting $10.4 million this year. That's what he needs to come to terms with. That's what his agent needs to come to terms with. If they trade that contract, they're not trading 10.4. Now, maybe he'll sign an extension that pays out 10.4 this year and signing bonus money that gets spread over multiple years. But he's not getting $10.4 million for this year alone. No one's going to pay him that. No, I, I mean, I, I understand that. Now, you know. This it's is, not a knock on him. No, well, it's a reality of the position. It is. It's a reality of the position. And. You know, to me, again, we're talking about it, still a, an elite running back in the NFL. I mean, elite. But there's a question there. Like we just saw in that clip, and you see in that clip there, there's a harness on his left shoulder. I mean, it's and he's at an age where, yeah, you start to worry about the wear and tear of the position. And we've seen the shoulder go out on some pretty normal plays as far as a running back is concerned. But this is not normal right here. This is not normal, and this is why you think twice about trading this guy or letting this guy out the door just for $10 million, which is like really a drop on the bucket this day and age in the NFL. 
I mean, because like 70 yards down the sideline is still a very real thing with Dalvin Cook. And there's just a short list of people in football that can really do that. So that's where they got to balance it, Mike. And I, I mean, you as a Viking fan, what do you, what do you want to see them do here? You know, I and, and I know not personal to the player. Wait. I know you like the player, but like, what do you what do you think? What would you do? What do you want to see done here as a Vikings fan? Hey, that long touchdown run against the Bills was the spark when they were down like 17. That points. was. A, I mean, the guy exactly. still can play, right? But the position, the position is one at which the supply grossly outweighs the demand. You have to factor that into what you do. And I think at this point, it makes sense to see what happens draft weekend there and elsewhere. Reassess, reevaluate after the draft. I think if they could keep Dalvin Cook, that would be great. Just like with Kirk Cousins, right? Unless and until you can find someone better than Kirk Cousins, you better be glad you have Kirk Cousins because you could be a lot worse without him. With Cook, I think it's easier to get to the point where you match him. And there isn't as big of a drop-off from him to Alexander Madison. But there's still risk involved. The question is, if they can't trade him and they don't want to pay him 10 for, can they work out a deal where he takes less to stay in Minnesota? Or will he refuse to take a penny less? If he's going to take a penny less, it's going to be somewhere else. He's going to say, cut me, and he hits the open market, and he goes and plays for another team. I assume it's not going to be the Bills. There had been some talk at one point about the Bills pairing him with his brother James. James is squatted on number four, so I have a feeling they know Dalvin's not going to Buffalo because James already has Dalvin's number. But, uh, but still, you know, there's somebody out there. If he's available, if he's cut, I think there'll be multiple teams that pursue him, unlike yeah. what we've seen with Ezekiel Elliott. Right. But not for ten point four million this no, year. No, not for ten point four million, but still a good payday and still enough of a player to where if you are Minnesota and you do that like you're kinda saying, where he can make you regret it. That that's where they gotta figure that out. He can make you regret it to where you're watching next year and you're a Minnesota Vikings and you're going, Damn, we let Dalvin Cook go a year too early. He's still running for seventy yard touchdowns on everybody. And last time I checked, nobody is writing home about the Vikings offensive line being one of the best in football. Nobody is saying that. That that does not exist, that conversation. So that's where it's like, it's a tough one. And I know what you're saying. And and, and, and you're right in the way you kind of laid it out. You know, it, it, you know, if they were lucky and I don't know, somehow in the second round, a Jameer Gibbs fell to them out from Alabama. Hey, yeah, you run to the table, you take. They don't it. have a second round pick. Oh, that, that's not happening. That's pick. right. You said that. So yeah, they're they're not going to take one at twenty. I don't think they got other needs there. Um, yeah, he'd be one here that I'd be seriously thinking about. Maybe I should let this just hang on for one more year before I make this type of change. I would, even though it's a it's a dangerous proposition, the shoulder, the age, all of that. But like you said, this ain't Ezekiel Elliott. This is a guy where there's still plenty of runs and stuff where I go, whoa, or I go, whoa, he should have got five yards and he got 25, right? I mean, that's where he's still special, but there's a lot to weigh there with the price tag, the age, and the position. Hypothetical question. Okay. Hypothetical. Okay. Vikings have the 23rd overall pick in the draft. Yeah. If, yeah. when it's time for them to pick, Hendon Hooker on the board, Bijan Robinson on the board, who would you take? Ooh, man. I'd, probably, I'd take Hendon Hooker. I would. I'm going to go, you know, air on the quarterback. I'm a big Hendon Hooker fan, and I just think it's a pick that's made to where you know, your organization could be set up for the next eight to ten years at that that position, and it's it's sitting there staring you in the face, and you can't turn it down, right? And he fits the way your coach, your head, new head coach and offensive coordinator wants to play and wants his with the things that he wants done by the quarterback. This guy can do it. So yeah, I would go Hendon Hooker there, Mike. What about you, buddy? The Vikings are currently the favorite to be. I the see Hendon that. Hooker yeah, right. Landing spot plus three fifty is where they are, and it fits with what I think they're trying to do. They want to have a transition from Kirk Cousins right. to the next guy. And and it's all setting up for this to be Cousins last year in Minnesota. And if they – look, I and, and I, I'm going to trust that Kevin O'Connell understands the importance of not overdrafting a quarterback now just to have one that gets developed. You truly have to love the guy you're taking at 23, or even if you're tempted to trade up 
to try to get that guy even sooner if you truly fall in love with him and you think you can make him into the guy and you can partner with this guy for 10 to 15 years to be the franchise quarterback of the Vikings, the guy that they haven't really had. I mean, cousin, I'm sorry, but I mean, when, when's the last time, you know, they had that flash with Favre in 2009. And, I mean, Dante Culpepper looked like he was going to be the guy for 10 years until right. his knee yeah. got completely blown away in 2005 in Carolina. They really haven't had that year-in and year-out franchise guy since Fran himself. Fran Tarkenton. They haven't had. I mean, yeah, Tommy Kramer for a little while, but then it was just kind of lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, it was nothing solidified. Wade right. Wilson for a little while. Rich Gannon for Jim a little McMahon while. Jim McMahon for Randall a little Cunningham bit. Randall Cunningham for yeah, a little right. while. Brad Johnson for a little while. Jim McMahon for a little while. It's been a little while, a little while, a little while, and Kirk Cousins quietly has a little wild his way into five years right. as the Vikings starter. But, but again, I mean, look, we... Setting aside the numbers, setting aside the analytics, setting aside everything and just relying upon eyeballs and meatballs. He's not going to take them to where they want to be. He's not. And that's okay. That's okay. There's only a short list of quarterbacks currently in the NFL capable of taking a team where it wants to be. And I think the Vikings are at the point where they're at least exploring the possibility of getting someone who can become that guy. And there's no guarantee they're going to. But after five years, half of a decade with Kirk Cousins, it's okay to say he is exactly who he's ever going to be. Unless he goes to San Francisco and he stays healthy and they have enough of a team around him, then all of a sudden he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But it won't be because of him. No, It'll that's be because not because of is. everything around. Him. That's right. Yeah, he's you got to support him or give him the, you know, all the ingredients, and then he can cook a hell of a meal from there. But he's not going to be like, oh, we don't have this ingredient and that ingredient, and it still tastes good, guys, when I'm done. Don't worry. No, that's Mahomes or Josh Allen or Burrow or the Bradys or whatever. That's those guys. You know, oh, we're missing this guy this week or we're missing a few receivers for a few weeks. So what? Carry, I'll carry you. Get on my back. Let's go. No, you're right. You're right. It's not. It's got to be It's got to be something that we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo or what we saw with Jared Goff with the Rams or what we saw with Nick Foles to the Eagles, you know, or even Russell Wilson early on in his career with Seattle when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, again, it wasn't Russell Magic, but yeah, to your point, he's got to have that team, that system, something there, and then he'll do his part. That's for sure. But yeah, he's not going to 360 spin out of the Dexter Lawrence sack at the end of the game and then set up and then dodge somebody and set up again and throw a laser and you're going to go, damn, we're still alive. Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. No, that's not going to happen. Here's what is going to happen. We're going to take a break. When we return, Mac Jones, what a shock. He's very happy to go from the Frankenstein monster approach of defensive coaches and special teams coaches on offense to have Bill O'Brien running the show again in New England. We'll share with you some of Mac Jones' comments when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Bill O'Brien, you're the offense coordinator. You have a relationship with Bill. 
What's that like? Yeah, I think um, we're all excited for, for this next year, and it's, it just starts with putting your head down and going to work, and we got a great group of guys, and it's all about how you come together as a team, players, coaches, everybody, so I'm excited to work with him, and I know we all are, and it's going to be a great year. We just got to put the work in. The switch on the back of the Stepford Patriot, Mac Jones, is currently on compliant and say all the right things. We know that 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 switch goes back and forth. Uh, that there's there's multiple switches. There's the you know yelling f bombs on the sideline switch. There's the privately very pissed off and making it known to anyone and everyone that he's not happy switch. But that's the public face all is well. As engineered by Bill Belichick, that's the fully compliant Mac Jones, but he should be excited about having Bill O'Brien back. Last year was a disaster with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running the offense, and now Billy O's back in town. He's got the relationship with him from Alabama, and uh, they, they try to turn the offense around. Yeah, no, I think it's it's all positives. I really do. And I think Billy O'Brien's the, you know, the perfect guy to come in and settle that whole situation down. You know, I know you've been around Billy O before. Billy O's like he's just the the man's man. He's easy to talk to. He lays it out on the table. There's just no BS with him. You know, he'll be able to say things to Mac Jones and say it in a way where he gets his point across, and you go, "Ooh, that's kind of harsh," but damn, he still says it in a way because you know he's he, he's a football coach and he loves you know competing and wants the best out of his players. So, you know, I, I of course I'm expecting a huge improvement in this area. Uh, Billy O'Brien's damn good, and I don't think got enough credit for what he did in Houston all those years. And uh, I think he'll, you know, do something damn good this year with Mac Jones. He got that great chin cleft too. Oh, does he got the butt chin thing the there? I know, right? It's a special one there. Like, it, it is. like, like I, I, I often wonder, and I've never done the research on this. Obviously, where how does that thing even develop? Where you have this this divot in your in your chin that is aesthetically pleasing yeah sure it's not it's not you know it's not something you never hear of anyone having surgery to remove their chin cleft you're right it's in fact it goes the other a, way around right isn't that a weird thing strength yeah right whatever you're a man yeah. look how big your chin is i know you're right it is one of those weird and it's things. got a hole right in the middle of it <laughs> right yeah. right yeah it's like kind of it was always like uh like Gaston from, uh, you know, like Beauty and the Beast. He had one of those. All the macho cartoon guys always did growing, you know, growing up. But, yeah, I think, again, he's going to add a toughness and an attitude to this offense, too. That's the great thing about Billy O'Brien. It's not only X's and O's, but there's an edge about him. And I think that'll show on the football field. And I think that's that's going to mesh with Mac Jones, who's edgier than than people realized uh, until this year as well. So the Patriots picking 14th overall, that's real estate that they're not really accustomed to. They were 15th a couple of years ago when they got Mac Jones. They have three picks in round four, four picks in round six, 11 total picks tied for third in the NFL. What is their A number one? Can't leave the draft without addressing this position need. Yeah, there it's it's there's it's the first time in a while you can kind of look at them and go, there's there's a few things on their roster that they certainly can improve. You know, I think you could look at safety right off the bat and go, that's a position that I would expect them to address some point during the draft, right? That'd be one, all right? The, I think the, the other one would be stand-up Mike linebacker, Mike. That's another one. You'd look at you know, you know, their middle linebackers, the guy there, they got some kind of old-school thumper, you know, not, mid-'80s Giants-type middle linebackers, but maybe not necessarily the type of guys that you, know, you need to run and cover the Dalvin Cooks of the world, the pass-catching backs that way. And then I think you can also look at offensive linemen. You know, Isaiah Wynn, gone, right? Trent Brown, last year of his contract. So I think if you had to maybe boil it down, I'd go, they they got to leave the draft with a tackle. But, damn, they're a team that's that's got a few – you know, needs, you know, throughout their roster. Yeah, I feel like secondary, defensive back, yeah. and McCordy's are long gone now. Right. And yeah, they, they move on from Savon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, just draft and develop, draft and develop. And remember, that's the other side of the coin for the Patriots because a receiver is always, it feels like a perpetual need, but it also feels like whatever they try to do in the draft just typically doesn't, doesn't work, work for whatever reason. I know, they, I know. And I, I still think I still think they get into OTAs and you got a rookie out there who doesn't know what he's doing and Bill Belichick gets impatient and tells him get the hell off the field, get somebody out here that knows our our 
bleepity bleep 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 offense and so the rookie never gets a chance to develop the way he needs to again i don't know that but it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case yeah they're not developing the receivers that they draft the way they need to so yeah that would be great if they could bring in a receiver that can help make a difference in this new offense but you, you got to develop the guy no i'm, I'm, I'm with you You're at right. some point at some point over a quarter century of struggles to develop receivers other than like a seventh round guy who hung around on special teams and became Julian Edelman. Yeah. I mean, they just, they just don't develop receivers there. They've been better at developing those type of guys than, you know, maybe the guys that are supposed to be the stars or the top end guys, you know, Edelman's the Wes Welkers, you know, the Troy Browns of the world, all that, that kind of guy they've always, they've been good with, but you're right. They've never been able to pinpoint that star you know, kind of other than just like, hey, we'll get Randy Moss in free agency. We know he's good, and that'll work. And that worked out pretty damn good there for a short period of time. But it is – it's interesting with them, Mike. You know, you can look at it. DB, like you said, safety, no McCourty, corner. You know, we know they love their corners, but they got some young, like maybe not household names that are kind of damn good. You know, the Jack Jones. Uh, we know Jonathan Jones is they, – they re-signed him. Marcus Jones, their, their punt returner, nickelback, who's damn good in coverage. Jalen Mills is back. So I do wonder, you know, if DB, to your point, uh, becomes a priority to where maybe – like I, I would think one of these top-tier ones that's not Devin Witherspoon from Illinois will be on the board at 14. I, I would think that. You know, I like the Patriots' ability to rush the passer. Uche is a budding superstar, and I would be shocked if he's not in the conversation for one of the best pass rushers in football with Judon on the outside there, right? But, you know, uh, yeah, they need a Tyquan Thornton, a receiver, to come through this year. Uh, but I, I think ultimately I look at that O-line on offense and then that DB middle linebacker thing to be the other thing they look at on defense, Mike. The moment it became clear to me that they were not going to pursue Lamar Jackson came when Robert Kraft, three weeks ago today, meeting with reporters, went on and on about the importance of the draft and draft picks and how critical those young, inexpensive players are to the development of your team. You bring them in young, you bring them in cheap, they become key players, you pick which ones are going to stay, not all of them can stay, but the more of the draft picks that you can hit on and have them become starters and key contributors. That's how you, you keep your program going. And that's the other side of the Lamar Jackson question. Yeah. Look at what the Browns did last year, everything they gave up to get him. You give up those picks, you are robbing yourself of not a full generation of talent, but you give up multiple first-round picks and then some. I mean, you're gutting that, that movement of youth that three, four years from now should be the core of your team that's right. won't be right right and it's a team that you know needs some more pieces to the core of their football team and also you got to think of like you know with the situation as it applies to the Patriots of like making that move and it's a guy like you know Bill Belichick and okay he might be gone after a year or two and retire and say see you later now you're going to leave that next head coach with hey we got nothing for you to develop and no you know add no assets here's the team like good luck so I just, yeah, I never thought that was really in the vision of the, the New England Patriots. And ultimately, again, with Lamar Jackson, I think it's going to be Baltimore or bust when all said and done. One of the teams trying to overtake the Patriots, really the last team in the division to overtake the Patriots because the Dolphins and Bills have passed them by. The New York Jets, who expect to get Aaron Rodgers at some point between now and the conclusion of the draft. They can't leave that process without addressing what position, Chris? I think the biggest thing is probably O-line, that they need another piece there. I'm not saying that they necessarily need that at, what are they, pick 13, right, in the draft? I got that right. I think I got that right. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I look at that and go, that that certainly can be an error there. With Mekhi Becton, you know, the injuries he's had there, their offensive line's been solid but not great. Right, so I can imagine them, you know, looking tackle could be something at fourteen. Then you get into the other conversations, Mike. And this is where again it just talks about the AFC East and to your point a little here. I mean, damn the Jets roster is good. There's not a lot to look at. So we could sit there and talk about O line, a tackle maybe at fourteen, you know. They need, I think, probably a safety, another safety in their in their on their roster, right? They're running that Seattle scheme. They want Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. 
They don't have that right now. They really only got Jordan Whitehead as their guy there. And then here's just one other thing I'll just throw out at you here. Because all O-line, safety, sure. Do you think they'd think about pass rusher at 14? You know, I, you know they took a guy in the first round last year, right? You know, we know they got Quentin Williams. But again, this is a defensive coach who came from the 49ers and before that was with the Seattle Seahawks where we know D-line and depth and send in bodies. And that's the other way I look at it. I think they add a pass rusher, but would they do it at 14? Those are my thoughts, Mike. What do you got to say about all that? Well, and, and I look at it this 13, way, too. Sorry. One of the things that has plagued the, the Packers during Aaron Rodgers' time there, you look at how they use their draft. When do they ever use those draft picks to go all in to get guys who can immediately help the team? Yeah, yeah. That, to me, is going to be the great philosophical mm. question for the Jets. Are right. we developing for the future? Or are we using everything that we have in our arsenal, from cap space for free agents to draft picks, calculated toward now? Who can we get ready to play now? What do we need to address now? Team is good. How do we get it to the point where we send a message to Aaron Rodgers? We're not going to draft you know, the guy who's going to compete with Zach Wilson after you're gone. We're not going to waste a pick on a guy that's no. not going to be on the right. field right. when you're not here. We're using our picks on guys who we believe will contribute to this team during your time, whether it's one year, whether it's two years. Because this is part of... The subtext. This is one it of the is. reasons Definitely why this trade is. isn't done. Definitely. The Jets are concerned that Rodgers is going to leave after one year. Right. So, from them, and it almost reminds me of what the Buccaneers were doing in 2020 and 2021 that everything was calculated toward getting Tom Brady to stay. Get Tom Brady to stay as long as he can. We fill the stadium. We're relevant. We contend. Get him to stay as long as he'll stay. And I feel like, especially in the first year of Aaron Rodgers, everything they do has to be through that prism of, is this more likely or less likely to get Aaron Rodgers to stick around? Gotcha. And I think the more they go all in to help Aaron Rodgers right. win, the more, the more loyalty he'll feel, the more indebted he'll feel to the team to stick around for another season. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I, I think and you, you laid it out the right way. I think those are the problems of this conversation. Um, you know, and, and yeah, that, that compensation of if he does play two years and what the Packers want and all that. And, you know, you laid it out in a good way there to where that's where Mike, I mean, yeah, so if you're them, I think we flushed it out there and what you said. You know, there's two spots where I think they could draft and accomplish kind of both, one long-term and one, hey, we're helping you out right now. O-line, one of the top tackles is going to be there for them to take at 13. So they could do that. Right now, and then not have to play. Oh, wait, we don't. We think Makai Becton will be good, or we think Dwayne Brown will be healthy, right? So they could just take that out of the the rotation of the risk altogether. Or like Mike, what if they're at like fourteen there, and let's say the kid from Georgia's on the board, Nolan Smith, the freak who ran four three nine at two hundred and forty pounds. It's like Hassan Reddick. He could be like Cliff Averill for their defense that, you know, up in Seattle those years, that kind of guy. You know, where would you err on that? You know, what, what, what's your thought on, you know, that, this or that when I, when I break it down that way? Far more importantly, I think you have a new case of Triskaidekaphobia. You keep saying 14 instead of 13. I know, like sorry. The, the hotel, right? There isn't a 13th floor. Maybe I, had, I said at 13 at first, and then nice. I went back to 14 because the Patriots are 14 yeah. and the Jets are at 13, and the segment's both of them, and I'm getting confused. All right, so sorry. Okay. Uh, I, I think you can never have enough good pass rushers, especially with Josh Allen, with Tua, with Mac Jones with the rest of the AFC, if you want to compete, once you get your offense taken care of, yeah. you load up your defense. You load up your defense because for your defense, yeah, the offense is the key, but the defense has to make a play at some point. At some point. If you're going to win playoff games, if you're going to advance to a Super Bowl, I know that that makes Jets fans giddy to just even consider the possibility. You need the defense to step up at some point. And if you can rotate, like the Eagles do, seven or eight bodies on that front four, yeah, right. keep them fresh, keep right. them relentless all game long, you can't go wrong. Um, we need to take a break. We'll continue the AFC East draft needs after this, but but we do have some photographic evidence of the Bill O'Brien chin cleft, and I've done oh. a little research. I've been multitasking. Mentoplasty is the procedure, and there is a procedure where you can have your chin cleft removed, or you can have one added, and I assume either procedure is known as a 
mentoplasty, not to be confused with the rhinoplasty. I don't know why anyone would add a cleft, but if you have a cleft that you don't like, why wouldn't you like it? Why would you want to get rid of it? If you want to get rid of it, go get yourself a mentoplasty. We'll be back with more PS Survivor after this. Receiver Chosen Anderson, previously known as Robbie Anderson, spelled two different ways, revealing that he has a new team by removing a jersey that he will be wearing eventually this season. Eventually we'll see the jersey. And there it is. He will not be wearing number one in Miami. That goes to Tuatonga Vailoa. But Robbie FKA, or no, Chosen FKA, Robbie Anderson, AKA. FKA. What is FKA? Member of the Miami Dolphins, formerly known as. Oh, got you. I know it sounds it sounds profane. It does. You were like FKA. I was like, what are you talking about? Out of here. When did he change it? I was unaware of the change. I I did not. I'm shocked. I didn't like hear that. When I saw that yesterday, I was like, wait, who the hell has chosen Anderson? What did you say it already? It went from Robbie to Robbie with an I E instead of a Y, and then it became chosen. And look, if you want to change your name, I, I. I don't care, but it does make it hard for those of us who need to associate names with players, with teams to keep up if the name is going to change every year or two. But that's fine. Chosen Anderson choosing the Miami Dolphins where, you know, that that offense is great. And I don't know what he's got left in the tank. He was a major disappointment last year after the trade, before the trade. It just wasn't working for Chosen Anderson anywhere. We'll see if it works in Miami, but he's stepping into a spot where there's a lot of great players, only one football. You better be patient. You better be selfless to survive in that Miami offense, Chris. Yeah, definitely. You know, he has a chance. It's, it's, um, it's one where it's like it's boomer bust type of spot where you go, oh, he's either going to like flourish and jump on here and find a little role or – the ball is just – there's not enough balls to go around for the guy, and he's not the guy he once was, and and he'll be exposed that way. So we'll see. There is potential. There's no doubt about that. And it's explosive offense, a lot of things you got to worry about, so he should see some, some favorable matchups, that's for sure. Dolphins have no first-round pick thanks to the tampering violations last year committed by the highest levels of the organization in efforts to land both Sean Payton and Tom Brady. They have two picks in the first five rounds, rounds two and three. Four total picks entering the draft is the fewest in the NFL. So with all that said, and they don't have a ton of needs. they got a pretty good team. What's their top need with those four draft picks they have entering the draft? I think the biggest one I would look at is tight end, right? And I say that because, one, hey, like you said, they're a team that's got a little bit of everything. There's no glaring need on their roster anywhere. I mean, it's, it's borderline one of the best rosters in football, period, right? But tight end, they lost Kosicki in free agency. They tried to trade him before the year anyways because he's not their cup of tea. You know, They want a guy that, yeah, can contribute in the pass game, but this is again. These are this is a, a coaching staff from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. They want a tight end like George Kittle, who's going to block. He doesn't have to be the best blocker, but he's got to go all in in that department and give it his all. And that's where I would imagine they are going to look at. And of course, we've talked about this draft and the tight ends. It's deep as hell. It is. It's arguably the best tight end draft we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. So they should be able to get one that fits that need. But I think that would be the number one thing, Mike, I would look at. And then you could go into O-line maybe a little bit there and bolstering that group. I was watching some Michael Mayer highlights over the weekend. That's your guy. I'm just intrigued by the guy. I just, I, there's just something about this big lumbering guy that never gets open but catches every ball that's thrown his way. Yeah. It really is amazing to see. But if you want an old school guy that's going to block and you want a guy that develops into a George Kittle type, I mean, you know, again, you want somebody for all phases of the offense. You need a big body like that who's, yeah. who's willing to stick his nose in there and get the work done. I agree with you, though. Tight end is the key. Drew Rosenhaus said recently that that both the Dolphins and who's the other team? Who's the other team? There were two teams uh, that were vying. Oh, the Packers right. were vying for Darren Waller yeah, last year. Sure, right. Where the Raiders backed out and gave him a new contract. So the Dolphins were looking to replace Gasecki even before last year when we just kind of wonder. Other than those random moments where he catch a touchdown pass and do the worst gritty imaginable. <laughs> 
Gasicki really didn't do anything last year. No, so it's he, no surprise he's right, gone, but you right. better have somebody take his place. Durham Smythe is currently their top tight end. Yeah, that's right. And Durham's, you know, solid, but uh, they, they, they can get a guy in this draft that can be a little bit more of a difference maker that way. And then you just go, wow, okay. You know, O-line, we, we talk about that. I, I don't know how to feel. Some of these guys, listen, they got some guys on there that, like, at some point they got to develop. I don't know how they feel about them. You know, but there are some players on there. I don't think their O-line's as bad as sometimes people want to make it to be. But I would imagine at some point during the draft, they they look at another guy there in the mid-rounds to kind of bolster that crew. I don't think they're going to find anybody, you know, where they're picking, you know, maybe with that second-round pick, right? They got a second-round pick. Do I got that right there? Uh, a two and a three. A two That's and a three. In the first five rounds. They a might be able to get a contributing O-line in that second round for sure. But, you know, after that, yeah. You know, you're starting to think about, oh, backup, develop. I don't know if this guy will be ready right away. And I think that that, like, on one hand, if you have four picks or if you have 12, like, there's a lot more pressure on you because you're on the clock over and over and over again. you got to be ready to go. But if you only have four, you better make them work. Yeah. You right. better get them right. Right. And you better be ready to pivot based upon how the board is falling to get one of the guys that you believe is going to get the job done for you because you got a lot more riding on those picks getting it right when you only have four. And they could be a candidate to trade down to get more picks, get more lottery tickets, get more players. The Bills cannot leave the 2023 draft without addressing what, Chris? Well, I mean, the Bills are one of those weird teams where we know they're still damn good. We do know that. But they're kind of getting to that the end of their lifeline with some of these guys on their team too where it's like, yeah, there's a few needs and there's also a little bit of like, hey, look down the road here and we might need some new bodies at this position you know, sometime soon as well. I, I still think the biggest one I look at, Mike – it's wide receiver. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm sick of saying that, honestly. You know that's my boy Blue up there, Josh Allen. I mean, he's, he's one of my faves. And, yeah, there's just not enough for him. So I still look at that and go, damn, I don't know who's going to be, you know, if a, a Zay Flowers or a Quentin Johnson's on the board late in the first round, I hope they take him. They need it, like we were talking about to start the show. I think instead of trying to spread the wealth, they need to just go all in and go, we're going to go elite offensive football with Josh Allen, and we're going to go from there. McDermott will figure out how to work it out with the defense, and let's go. But, damn, they need, to me, is, is the big-time receiver. Yeah, and there was some noise recently that maybe they trade up, and maybe that's what they need to do to go get the receiver they really want. Running back is kind of a vague, like, just playmaker. And I know they like James You're Cook. Right. He had yeah. about 500 rushing yards last year, I believe. Devin Singletary's gone. They added the guy from New England. Yeah, help Damian me, Harris. Help me. Damian, Damian Harris. Harris. Right, right. They added Damian Harris. Yep. They've, they've still got, uh, in addition to Harris and James Cook, they've got Naheem Hines, who they never use on offense, and they should. But I just feel like they'd be you – know, we talk about Bijan Robinson, that if a playoff team yeah. gets him – that team instantly comes. Holy crap! Holy crap! Holy crap! Yeah, difference maker. Like and you're and saying, I, I think twenty seven's twenty seven's too low. And and I just I just I feel like they're just they're like in this no sudden moves phase. Like let's not do anything too big. Let's just keep our heads low. Let's see what happens. But you may have to get aggressive in the draft to get the guy that's going to make that offense better. Whoever it is, like Jim Kelly said a couple of weeks ago, they need to have help around. Josh Allen. Right. They need right. to take some of the heat off of him to get the most out of him. And he's got to be looking around the AFC saying, what do I have to do to get myself into a position where I have weapons, a total collection of weapons like these other teams have, these other great quarterbacks have? Yeah, well, you, you, he's going to be able to start to look at it and go, damn, I got the third best weapons just in the AFC East, let alone the rest of the AFC. He's going to start looking and go, well, we know the Dolphins, and damn, the Jets are you know, coming up in a big way here. So, yes. You know, they're, they're, it, it's interesting. It really is. You know, we talk about they need some blue chip players. They're getting a little older at the safety position. You know, I know they got Taylor Rapp in free agency. That was good. They got to replace Tremaine Edmonds. That's a big presence in the middle. Their O-line is not necessarily somebody we're writing home about going, oh, it's the most dominant in football. They could probably use a big-time guard. 
You know, it would be like not – you wouldn't love that pick, but it's a real need for their team to where, you know, if one of these really good guards was sitting on the on the board at the right time, I think they go there too. But, yeah, they're interesting, Mike, because we still view them as good, but there's something missing to where we think – you know, last year at this time we are going, yeah, Super Bowl. Now we are seeing flaws and going, mm, I don't know how good they can actually be. I know they're going to be good, but how good? And that's that's kind of how I feel about the Bills, at least. Commanders fans popped the cork last week on the news that Daniel Snyder has reached an agreement to sell the team. But as time goes by, it's becoming more clear that time is what's going to be needed to get this fully resolved. And... They may want to put the cork back in the champagne Uh-oh. until it's fully and finally done. We'll give you the latest on the Commander's sale when PFT Live continues right after this. Simsisms. Great Scots. I throw out there and just go, like, Great Scots, the Atlanta Falcons, and what they've done to revamp their defense. What are you shaking your head at? What are you looking at? Did I say something stupid? <laughs> Great Scots. Great, great Scots. Scots. Not yeah. Great Scott, but yeah. Great Scots. There are plenty of Scots out there, and they're all great. Simsisms. <laughs> all right, wait a minute, Ooh. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Leave that up, leave that up. I got um, it. Can... Okay, Michael Scott, obviously. Right. Willie, the, uh, uh, the groundskeeper from The Simpsons. That's his name, uh, Willie. Okay. Sean Connery. Yep. Yeah, all Scottish. Right. Who's the guy upper left? Circle up. gets the square. Who's the guy upper left? Upper right? I that? mean, what are you? Can you not? That's the upper right. Upper right. Okay. I mean, geez, that's uh, the actor, Ewan McGregor. Upper right. Right? And then. Oh, Ewan McGregor. There's right. Jar- Gerard Butler, right? There's a, obviously Scott Bayo, middle Scott bottom. Scott Bayo doesn't count. Hey, he's a Scott, he's man. How Scott dare you disrespect? Great he's Scott. Not he's great. The great, one of the greatest he's Scots not- of my childhood. Come on, Charles Make in charge. Scott great again. Come on. Who else? And that, that's else? Michael Myers, the, the fat bastard on the bottom right. I don't know who on the bottom left is. That's Mary what? Queen of Squats. Scots on the bottom left. I don't know. Damn, I'm good. Damn, I'm good. Woo. Was William Wallace? Was William Wallace? <laughs> was William Wallace played by Mel Gibson in Brave? Yes, we didn't put William him Wallace? on there. He's kind of wow. a lightning rod subject, so he's not on this graphic. All right, so. <laughs> Okay, uh, from great Scots to not-so-great Dan, Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders. Look, he has a deal in place with Josh Harris, but it just feels vague and fuzzy and tenuous because it's Dan Snyder. The league's keeping their head low, mouth shut. Peter yeah. King writes about it in today's Football Morning in America. Like, no sudden movements we were saying about the Bills. Like, don't do anything. We never know what this guy's going to do. And I think he kind of likes that. He likes it that everybody's tiptoeing on eggshells. If this is his exit, he's going to have fun doing it. He's going to make people sweat. He's going to make knees wobble. He's going to make people worry, even if it does you know, continue to dismay his fan base and create distractions for his team. I feel like there's going to be nothing easy about this on the way out, Chris. I, I mean, I'm, I, I think, yes, I'm, I'm not even involved in this, and I'm holding my breath here. I mean, it's like it's weird. It's, it's just, yeah, you don't know what to expect. It's an organization that continues to give us the unexpected. Uh, yes, he's hard to read, and it seems like. Things can get personal or whatever else with him, so you never know that when he can fly off the handle. Um, yeah, this is one of those that's like, yeah, the rumors are there, whatever, all that, but I'm just not going to believe it until I see it, you know, ink on the dotted line or straight line or whatever, and it gets done. Apparently, he's living in London now, which means Dan. maybe, maybe. What up, Dan? He'll watch us on Sky Sports Action. What up, Dan? What's up, big guy? How you doing, man? You sound like you're from London. <laughs> I just I just can't wait for the day that this is done. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's something for us to cover, it's something for us to talk about, but I think the entire league will be better off the day that we move on from this. The day that he gets the money, the day that it's final, the day that it's over, the day that it's done. I hope it's by May. If it has to be a special meeting at some point this summer to approve the transaction and finalize it, so be it, but it needs to get done before the start of the regular season. They can't go into 2023 without this transaction completed. They've got to get this done, and hopefully it doesn't all fall apart. And hopefully Snyder doesn't play games and try to leverage someone else to come to the table to get Josh Harris to pay more. That was something that came up 
in an item in the Washington Post. Right. I think Friday night, Chris. The idea that that some owners think that only six billion is a little disappointing. So you start getting ego and pride, and you start getting like, well, maybe I should try to get more. And do you want to goad him into trying to get more, or you just want to be done with it? I mean, look, six billion is far and away the record. It's thirty percent more than what they paid for the Broncos last year. Take the six billion and go. And the other owner should just say, whatever it is, six million, six billion, six bucks, just get this guy out of here so we can move on with running the broader business of the NFL. Oh, well, you just lost a viewer in London. They just turned it off. It's he lost him. Sorry. He's, he's gone. Yeah, he lost that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I hear you. And I wouldn't think the NFL is going to be overly picky or or do anything to jeopardize uh, the se- the the sell of this football team. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about it this week. My, my wife has asked me questions about it recently, which means, you know, anytime it crosses over to her awareness, right. then it's something that's a fairly big deal. Yeah. And, you know, her attitude is he should Jake, it's, it's six. How much, she's like, how much did he pay for the team? Uh, eight hundred million for the team in the stadium in nineteen ninety nine. How much is he getting? Six billion. What's the issue? Why doesn't he just take the money and go? It's like, well, <laughs> you you don't follow it closely enough to understand why it's an issue. Let's take a break. We're going to draft the best LSU players currently, not formerly, currently in the NFL. When PFT Live continues right after this. Receiver Dino Tomlin, son of Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, spring game, catches the pass, and I don't know what dance that is. A little bit of the Morris Day and the time there with the spin around. That's a little Morris Day. I like it right there. Mike Tomlin, the dad in me finds this quite funny. The coach in me, not so much. Hashtag LOL. Hashtag. Thank you for the LOL, Mike. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, So that's Uh, Dino Tomlin. God. You know, I remember when Mike Tomlin was the young coach in the NFL. Oh, now he's got too. kids in college. Kind of happens 16 years after the guy becomes the head coach of the Steelers. I was a kid just leaving college, and Mike Tomlin was the DB coach, and his family was young and whatever else in Tampa, Florida. I just I can't believe it's, yeah, one of the kids are in college playing receiver at Boston College. Boston College's guys aren't supposed to do that. They're not supposed to have pizzazz like that. He got a little rhythm to him, but that was funny. Even with Mike Tomlin's face there, it was like he chuckled, but he didn't know how much he wanted to really chuckle because he was like, if that was one of his guys on a college team, he'd be like, hey, just get your butt over the sideline and, you know, let's think about the next drive. (laughs) Could you imagine his kid playing for him in Pittsburgh? Could you imagine that and doing that? Uh, That would not go well. We want volunteers, not prisoners. I'm your son, Dad. I don't care. uh, LSU. Yeah. LSU, best players currently in the NFL. That's today's draft. It's a series. We've gone from Alabama to Clemson, now to LSU. Plenty of great former LSU players in the draft. Chris, you get the first pick. Well, let me see. Who should I pick here? Um, let me see. Uh, oh, okay. I'll take Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, square one. Yes, I'll take him. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Is he? Is he? I mean, he's definitely one of the three best quarterbacks. You know, he's really top three player probably in football altogether. Joe Burrow, number one. Ah, uh, gee, where am I going to go next? See, I don't like that I gave you first. Pick. I know I it was a bad go day for you. Yeah, you know. Now you got to choose this guy. I got to go Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I got to go. Well, I'm taking Justin Jefferson, but I know who you're going to take next. Yeah. You, don't even, you don't even need a second. No. To make your decision. No, I mean this is it's a, the greatest wide receiver rivalry in sports right now in football. This is all. They were college teammates, and they're both awesome. I mean, com- like unbelievably awesome. And yes, Jamar Chase is who I'm taking. I mean, those are Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, no doubt about it. Two of the five best receivers in football. It gets difficult now. It does not as easy. It really as you- does. Yeah, it's it's a little surprising. I'll, I'll take I'll take OBJ. I'll continue with the receivers. And hey, if Baltimore is willing to give the guy 15 million guaranteed. I assume they know something I don't, so I'll go OBJ. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I like that. Are we still going? Are we going to go into a commercial here or what? Are we taking a break? Okay. Pete? Yeah. Let's go. Produce the damn show, Pete. I mean, I'm about to make a pick. Come on. (laughs) Take a break. He'll make that pick when PFT Live continues right after this. (laughs) 
Archaeologists have discovered a thousand-year-old scoreboard used for an ancient Mayan ball game, the score of which was Mayans 24, New York Jets 0. <laughs> All right, that was it. I was kind of in the ballpark. I was close. You were close. You I, were, close. I mean, it, it, for having they've got hey, they've got cue cards. I was pulling it out of my ass. Yeah. So well, I at least get credit for that. Right. Right. I guess. Yeah. Great. Great job. Uh, yes, you pulled it out of your butt in a pretty good way. Pretty good job. Way to go. Uh, I know. And what didn't add to it, right, was like I was fiddling with my computer. And still kind of getting things situated for the show while we were opening. So I wasn't listening to all, all the way there, right? So I didn't give you the credit you deserved. You, you did a pretty good job. I mean, you're not Colin Jost, but you're, you're pretty good. Don't worry about it. I'm also not Colin Yost. Apparently, that's <laughs> what Pete thought his name was before. <laughs> Colin Yost. It's Colin Jost. Jeez, oh, Pete. Pete. You're going to talk to us the whole show. Don't be shocked when I mean, we repeat some of the things clue, you say. Get a clue, Pete. Come on. Colin Yost. Get in Colin modern Jost. culture. Pete's were watching right. Dora the Explorer with his kids too much. He doesn't know anything take, anymore. Take your, <laughs> take your pick. LSU. Best. Hey, one thing we've learned, it's kind of fallen off for LSU in recent years. Ed Orgeron did not send a lot of great NFL talent to the NFL. No, who you're, else, who yeah. else do you got? You're right. It, it, it definitely has. I think if I'm going to go... Other one, than receivers. I'm going to go to your Viking team right now. You know, with the linebacker play being a little down from the two guys, Queen and Devin White, I'm going to go to Daniil Hunter. He's still... What do you have last year? To over 10 sacks, right? He's still a force on the edge, so I'll go Daniil Hunter. I'll go Jamal Adams because healthy Jamal Adams That's is right. good enough to get That's healthy right. Jamal Adams injured quickly. <laughs> but he's still injured. he's still really good, he and he's is. not got any amount of fear whatsoever. And uh, watch him week one or two because by the end of September it may be done because of the way he plays. That's it. We're done. Have a great Monday. We'll see you back here again with more SNL jokes or not on Tuesday. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.